Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth. That's me, which is the podcast inspired by my book, I'm Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Jen DeWall, who owns her own private practice called Nutrition in Motion and is a certified sports dietitian and certified intrinsic coach. Have you checked out my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, If you have been a dietitian for one year or 30 years, it's just what you need for a little inspiration. It's available for purchase at my website, anelizabethrd.com, and it's also available as an ebook on Amazon and iTunes. Today's episode is sponsored by Jolly Time Healthy Pop Popcorn, where my guests and I always snack smart and always snack happy with Jolly Time Popcorn. To learn more about this perfect snack, visit jollytime.com. Jen is enthusiastic and open to anything when it comes to being a registered dietitian. In her career, she has placed herself in new positions and welcomed the challenge to create and define those positions. Jen grew up in a home where health and wellness was extremely important. She had an aunt who was a registered dietitian in private practice, who in a roundabout way maybe led her to her own private practice today. In our conversation, we talk about her love for preventative health sports and athletes, working as a dietary aide, experience with policy, her advice when having your own practice, and a new adventure she is part of called Nourish Mobile Grocery. Please enjoy my conversation with Jen. Yeah, yeah, we could. We could. (laughs) Let's talk about, let's talk about you. Let's talk about when you decided you kind of wanted to be a dietitian. Was Mm -hmm. there like a certain moment or something that you... Yes. Oh, everything's on. Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, I grew up always, my parents and my family were pretty health oriented. And so, I mean, good health and nutrition always kind of went together for my family. So I knew that I wanted to do something along the lines of nutrition. Uh, and so, and my aunt happened to be a registered dietitian. And so I kind of worked alongside of her a little bit. Um, she was in private practice. And so I kind of got to see that a little bit. And I think that really helped me kind of see, you know, what, what a dietitian did. And, and, um, to me, that was what dietetics was, was, private practice. I had no idea that other All the other things <laughs> that you could do. Existed. <laughs> so that was just kind of my that was kind of my, you know, experience with it at that point. So So kind of like high school was it kind of high school when you started to kind of hang out with your aunts a little bit more? Um, it was more of in college I had started off um in health promotion and exercise science. Okay. And, and that I was ended at up thinking Iowa that State. Yeah, and I ended up thinking that, you know, um, and and excuse me, I had started off at Northern Iowa. I was there for a little bit and then then transferred, but it wasn't exactly what I I wanted. Um, I wanted a little bit more of that nutrition piece. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it was in college and, and before that, like I said, I knew I wanted to go into prevention in the preventative medicine type field, so... So when you were at UNI, health promotion, that that encompasses like a lot of different stuff, doesn't it? Not just... It does, and it's more general. Okay. I think it's more general health, um, fitness, you know, and that's where I had some of my um, graduate level exercise physiology coursework is in kind of in with the health promotion, um, which was great because I, I think that's an important component too that I that I like is the sports nutrition exercise component. Um, so yeah, it was it was really broad, but it and I wanted something a little bit more. I think a little bit more science based. And that's why you transferred to Iowa mm-hmm. State because that was the program. Yep, that and you wanted it was a great to do. program. Yeah, you and I, I feel like had a small program, but again, it wasn't quite what I was looking for. So, and you lo- loved it. Like you got into dietetics, and you're like, "Yep, this is much more comfy than the health yes. promotion." Yeah, yeah. I really liked it. Um, I do have a funny story though because it wasn't until <laughs> I got to my internship 
that I realized that we were not able to diagnose or um, prescribe diet orders. No one told you that along the way, right? (laughs) So I get to my internship, and I had worked in a hospital, I guess, and so I kind of, you know, mildly, but I was a dietary aide. So I wasn't a dietitian, so I didn't know what the dietitians were doing. I mean, you know, I was doing more with the meal prep and that kind of stuff and and picking up the menus and that type of thing in the hospital. Um, And so then I was kind of, you know, an awakening. I thought, oh, I guess the doctors do that. (laughs) But I'm the dietitian. How does that work? (laughs) Right, so it's like, you know what? I'm glad I didn't know that before. That's okay. <laughs> we'll move forward. You were ready. You were ready to start writing orders. And I know. And so, but I, I'm kind of glad I didn't because I, I love what I do now and I love being a dietitian. So mm. it was just kind of. Did you do your internship at Iowa State I did. as well? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how'd you like your internship? I thought it was fine. Um, and I think, you know, looking back on it, that was what, 15 years ago or whatever. You know, you are, you are a novice when you come out of it. You know, and you think that, okay, I did my internship, I'm ready to go, you know, I've got all this knowledge, and then you kind of look back and think, well, you know, it's, that's your very, very first step. Absolutely. You know. So it's kind of like, I really, I think I know a lot, but I don't think I know anything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. And, I mean, there's some things, too. I mean, dietetics is such a broad field. I think there's some things that you just have to let go. You know, I mean, there's a lot of... um, you know, very clinical aspects of dietetics that I've just learned to let go, Um, you know, TPNs, tube feeding, some of those types of things, because I'm in sports nutrition. I mean, it's completely different. And I want to fill my brain with things that are relevant to my clients. And if you ever needed to calculate a TPN, which you probably never will again, you can probably (laughs) tap into some of your friends. I'm sure I could. And they could help you out. I'm sure I could. The goal is to not have to do that, but exactly. But I think it's true. Like you use it, or you kind of you need to let it go. Yeah, I agree, and and I think that that's okay. I think your internship and um, the didactic program and things like that. I mean, it's made to prepare you to be an expert in whatever part of dietetics you want to go in, and then you can kind of pave your own way, and you have the background and the foundation to do that. That's very true. So, where was your first job? Out of your internship? It was with Hy-Vee Corporate. So Hy-Vee had a um, internal health and wellness program. And um, there was a group of dietitians, it was called Hy-Vee Health. Um, and then there was a group of, I think there were three dietitians and there were or two dietitians, three dietitians, maybe um, some exercise physiologists. And we traveled around and did health assessments on all the Hy-Vee employees. So we were um, kind of behind the scenes, really helping with healthcare costs of the company. And I, I'm learning about all these different aspects of how um, Hy-Vee has kind of changed over the years with their Yes, their because when I started with Hy-Vee, there were no in-store dietitians. And so um, the employee wellness program was, was pretty solid from that respect that um, it was more of a corporate position that, you know, didn't have much involvement with customers, no involvement with customers, actually. It was all kind of an internal program. How'd you like it? Was it? I loved it. Like for a first job, that sounds loved pretty it. amazing. I learned so much. You learn, I mean, I was talking to anywhere between um, 20 and over almost 100 people a day oh when they gosh. would come through the assessments. So we were like the coaches. The dietitians were the coaches. So they would do assessments and get blood work done, um, blood pressure, do a fitness test, do a flexibility test, um, have kind of a lifestyle questionnaire. And then the um, dietitians were the coaches. that would, They would come oh. sit down with them, us for 10 or 15 minutes. And um, usually it was less than that. Um, I would say it was closer to maybe five minutes. And um, we'd go through their results with them and set goals with them. And then uh, every, you know, once a month or so, we would have what was called an office day where we'd stay at corporate and we would follow up with people and see how they were doing and see if they had any questions. And so the program was really, um, it was made to obviously, you know, greatly improve the overall health of the employees, but also to kind of cut healthcare costs. And if we could pick up someone that was diabetic or we could pick Mm -hmm. up someone that had very high cholesterol, very high blood pressure and say, you need to go to the doctor right away. You know, it really, that's, that's where I think we had the return on investment was being able to catch those few people that had a very serious medical issue that needed attention. That's, that's awesome. And that's like that preventative side. That was completely what you loved. Yes. And yeah. So, so it was, it was perfect. 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 Loved it. So how it. long did you do that for? I did that for a couple of years. And then, um, you know, then my private life 
kind of got involved where um, my husband, uh, who was a boyfriend at the time, had um, some assignments that he was working on in I- the Iowa City area. So I thought, you know what? I like hy Why can't I branch out and be at one of the stores? So I had reached out to some of the um, store directors in Iowa City and uh, maybe a little progressive for them at that time. But the Cedar Rapids, some of the Cedar Rapids store directors were on board. So they said, well, let's try it out. And so they had a couple of us hired. It would have been um, just as dietitians for the store in um, June of 2002. So, so you kind of a pioneer in store dietitian. So it was, yeah, it was quite a while ago. So <laughs> yes. we look back and we're like, God, we've been a dietitian for a long time. <laughs> you don't realize how long it's been 16, 15 years. Holy buckets. <laughs> yes. So that was my first, that was kind of my first job. So how was that pioneering, being a pioneer in, in a completely newly developed position that you kind of helped create probably? Yeah, you know, that's kind of where my path has always taken me. After that, I had another position at um, the state health department that was new. And then I kind of went off and um, started my own private practice, which was new. Um, but I I like doing that because you can shape it into what you want. Mm-hmm. But on the downside, there is um, little support, you know, in what you're doing. There's, there's you know, sometimes there's just, you got to just figure it out take it and run mm-hmm. and that can be sometimes where you you know you spin your wheels a little bit but I think after I've done that a few times I know that um you know a lot of times I think when you have a new position that you kind of overestimate what can be done in a year but you underestimate what you can do in five and so mm. I think that's kind of one thing that I've always you just you got to kind of stick with it. It's kind of your mantra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you think you should be making all these great leaps and bounds, but it takes a little bit of time, especially if you're going to be starting it from scratch. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you yep. like you like excitement, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I like for me, I think some maybe dietitians like thinking of being a pioneer in some field. That's scary because you don't, like you said, you don't have the support. Yeah. You don't have that confidence of having someone else to be your buddy. But mm-hmm. it's good to also, if you are someone that's excited about your profession, it might be something that you should do. Yeah. And it sounds like you did. And I think that just there's a sense of security, too, knowing that um, you have you're an RD, RDN, you know, you've got your background. And so um, you have that to fall on. And that can be you can always get a clinical job or a food service job. you, You have that knowledge to know and have that be something that if you're a little scared or you're not quite sure what to do, it's like, no, you're, you're a registered dietitian nutritionist. Um, you know, go for it. Be proud of it. You've got that. You've got that, that people will look at. And so, um, you know, there's, you know, with my, with my practice now, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, um, people that aren't dietitians that are doing somewhat similar things than me, health mm. coaching, nutrition coaching, whatever you want to call it. And so essentially I do have a lot of competition, even though there might not be many registered dietitian nutritionists in private practice. There are a lot of other people, you know, in lots of different aspects of the community that people can go for, you know, the same type of service. And, you know, I mean, what sets me apart and why almost everyone comes here is because of my credentials and that I'm a dietitian. They want what's real and who they can trust and who they can believe. And it's the same with the medical community. I have really good partnerships with some of the sports medicine docs in the area because they know they can send people to me and, you know, I always make sure to communicate with them. And so we can build a relationship that way. Because you are, because again, we're the medical professionals in the nutrition, food and nutrition world. And that's why physicians would would prefer to work with. Prefer it. Yes. Yes. Which makes sense. Makes total sense. (laughs) (laughs) And that's another great point to have those kind of relationships. Like you do have to build those relationships. And I'm sure like when you were just starting out as an in dietitian, you had to build relationships probably in your community to get respect yes, that way. Absolutely. Because back in 2002, when you said you were a dietitian for hy V, people did not know what that meant. Mm-hmm. And what? What do you do all day? What do you do? <laughs> you cook all day, well, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah, they've uh, there was a couple of, that there were some times where you just kind of had to you did everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know that too as as a IV dietitian, there's marketing, there's one-on-ones, there's, you know, sharing new products, there's there's everything. There's spectrum. helping each department promote their healthy products. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff. That was a great job. I loved I loved working with Hy-Vee because you you learned a lot, but you also learned kind of what the general customer and consumer wants to know about nutrition. And it's not what a dietitian would think. Yeah. You know, I mean, they don't care. They just want to know what to eat. Not- Which of these cereals is the best one for me? I don't want to know why. I, exactly. Just tell me. Just tell me and I'll buy it and I'll yes. eat it. I don't need to know about what percent of iron is yeah. in this or, you know, it's just, and some people, that's fine. They're mm-hmm. interested in that. But the majority of the population don't care. Mm-hmm. They just want the expert to tell them. Yep. What's the best choice? Yep. Absolutely. I believe you. I trust you. This saves me a lot of time. Done. Yes. Well, you probably, because how long were you at Hy-Vee then? You were there. So I was at corporate for about a year and a half or so. And then I was in a store through mid-2007. So you saw that. About five years. Job change a ton, too, yes. from when you started. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's a good point, too, that, again, like you – you create what it is, you know, in that yeah. position. So. Yeah. And so it was, it looked a little different back, back in those early, um, the pioneer days of being a Hy-Vee and store dietitian. Um, it was really, you were really able to kind of shape it to what you wanted. And since I was passionate about sports and sports nutrition, I worked with a lot of club teams, like um, soccer teams. And I kind of, and I partnered with a physical therapist and we did uh, a weight loss, weight management program, but I really geared it towards kind of what I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And so it ended up being, I did a lot of sports nutrition stuff. And is that how you kind of got interested in? Yeah. I've always been, um, I was an athlete growing up. Um, I wasn't good enough to play D1 sports, so I did not play in college. <laughs> but I also think that that's kind of where the nutrition came in. I I wasn't – it wasn't just natural talent for me. I had to kind of work, work at it. Mm-hmm. And so I was always, you know, interested in what can I do to make me better. To make me better. Yeah. And so – it made sense to me just in how I was raised is that eating good food from our garden and eating good food and having balanced meals was a normal thing. So I thought, oh, let's kind of put this nutrition into it and, and see. So I was interested in sports nutrition, honestly, in high school. So that was early 90s. And there was not a lot out there <laughs> at all. Really and that was kind of the early 90s was kind of the um, big low fat Oh, yeah. Craze where, you know, everything was low fat, low fat, low fat. So I would, you know, like count, look at food labels. And that's kind of just when food labels were <laughs> coming out too, which too. is very sad to think about. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and um, I'd be like, okay, I need to, you know, try to be careful and keep my fat grams really low. And, you know, and it's kind of one of those things that I myself got wrapped up into hype and mm-hmm. what isn't necessarily true at all. You know, but was trying to do it to make myself a better athlete, and well, so. maybe that's a that's a connection that you probably didn't really know when you decided to become a certified sports dietitian. That maybe that's what you needed at that point, and you want exactly. Wanna, you're kind of trying to bridge that gap for the, all those people that don't yep. know what to don't do. know, and families are pulled in so many different directions. And you know, when I see. You know, when I have my, I have competitive recreational athletes that come in here, but I just, you know, a lot of my competitive gymnasts and um, higher level, you know, high school or club athletes, I just say, you know what, you have the talent, you love the sport, you work hard. I'm like, why not put good food in your body at the right times to really help enhance your athleticism and, and what you can potentially be. So, uh, yeah, I'm very supportive of that. And, and, you know, I, I'm a huge lover of sports. I watch different sports all the time. And every time I watch somebody, I'm like, oh, oh, they're fatiguing. They need to have <laughs> you're, you're doing your prescription. I'm, I'm your doing the stuff in, in my head. head. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, they said that guy's getting tired. He is. Look at his jump shot. You know, the tournaments are on right now. I'm like, they're yeah. fatiguing. Get some, get some fuel in you. <laughs> you know, so it's just, I, I, I watch sports for different reasons, probably. <laughs> What's your favorite sport? What's your favorite sport? I don't have one. You don't have one. You just kind of like I, all of them. So you'll watch, will you watch like lacrosse even? And 
tennis? You know, and- I'm a tennis player myself. Are you? Okay. Yes. I play tennis a couple times a week pretty consistently. Nice. So I'm a big tennis, tennis. player. <laughs> Watch tennis a lot. Um, you know, I love college sports, period. Mm-hmm. Um, I would watch a college sport any day, any sport. I any like it. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, like well, it's it's March Madness, so basketball. Oh, yep, watching that, watching <laughs> NIT and NCAA. Oh, yeah, that's all. Yeah. It's it's like sports overload, right? It, now. it is, <laughs> and and national wrestling championships. Yes. just got over too. So that's yeah, great it's that you fun... like that you have an interest in all mm-hmm. of those because mm-hmm. you probably work with a variety of athletes. I do different things. Too. Yeah, and it's in, and they're each different. I work with, like I said, I work with a lot of. Um, you know, uh, high school male athletes that want to gain weight, um, elite gymnasts that need to be very strong but lean, mm-hmm. um, you know, different female volleyball or softball players that need to make sure they're fueling appropriately as well. That's just very different. Um, and then, you know, you've got your track athletes and your um you know, collegiates or even, you know, people that maybe they did a sport in college, um, but they're continuing to be those weekend warriors, people that are doing, you know, just the general sprint tries or marathons or all of, you know, that kind of thing too. And so they want to come with me to make sure they're fueling their body appropriately and kind of getting on track with that. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you did a brief stint after high you did a you did a brief stint with the Iowa Department of Public Health. Public Health. Uh-huh. And what did you do there? That was a fun job. Was so it? what I did, and again, this job that I did was a new position, and you did not need to be a dietitian to be this position. Mm. But it was the healthcare coordinator of the Iowans Fit for Life program. So I was in the Bureau of Nutrition and Health Promotion. So it's the same bureau that houses WIC. Okay. And we were on um, under a federal grant from CDC to really, um, for obesity prevention um, through nutrition and physical activity um, throughout the community. So where gotcha. people live, work, play, and pray, we wanted to help make an impact. And so my position as a healthcare coordinator was to do more with physicians and to um, look at how can physicians, how can we support pediatricians, um, especially in, in nurse practitioners and those health professionals that work with kids that are at risk for being overweight or overweight or obese. And so I did some focus groups with some physicians and realized that, you know, the biggest thing was they just did not know how to address this. Mm. I mean, this is a tough, this is a tough situation. You know, you have a child that's overweight and, and, or at, you know, not, not healthy. And at a well child visit, how do you bring that up in a way that's comfortable? And so after, after hearing that, um, we developed a uh, motivational interviewing tool that they could use, and then they could get um, medical education CME credits for it. And it just mm-hmm. kind of walked them through um, how to address the problem and, and address it in a way that's not confrontational. And it's more, you know, asking open-ended questions that, you know, the, the people can, the parents or the caretakers can mm-hmm. answer and kind of get them thinking about it. But, you know, by the same token, you know, when you're looking at environmental change, you're in a physician's office for such a small period of time mm-hmm. that it really takes a bigger, you know, and that's why there was a team of us. So I was just kind of a small part of that. And, um, you know, it's important to get physicians on board in general. And, and so that really was kind of my piece. That's, that does sound like So it was that. fun. And then you went into private practice. And then I did. Yep. And how yep. did how was the leap from, you know, those nice, comfy, cozy jobs Very to, different. <laughs> to that private practice? Because I think a lot of, I see a lot of dietitians that are wanting to go into private practice. And then there's boutique private practices. And there's private practices that file for insurance. And how do you, when you started it, what did you, what did you have to kind of think about and do to get going? You, first of all, um, I think to get going, I felt really comfortable with community connections. So I'd been here, you know, I had worked for heavy corporate, so I'd been in the Des Moines area. Um, I had worked for the state health department. Um, you know, I had been a person that had worked um, with the local YMCA's quite a bit, and so I felt like I had enough of a community connection to start. Um, and it does; it gets pretty lonely. It's pretty lonely in the beginning because you don't have 
people that are just going to start knocking on your door to come in here. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the big thing is, is just to know that, you know, if you can start to do it part time or a couple days a week or, you know, and kind of ease into yeah. it. Did you jump into it right away? Did I you? did yes. because okay. it was just my situation of, um, I was with the public health department and then for family reasons, I had two children that were pretty close in age together that I had discontinued that job to be mm -hmm. kind of at home. And, um, and so I did, I jumped into it right away. And it it takes a while to get things going. Again, like I said, you underestimate what you can do in five years, but you try to overestimate what you can do in a year. It just takes time. So you just have to be patient with it and just keep doing things every day that are going to get the word out there. And, you know, I found with my relationships with physicians, um, I think as a dietitian, you try to go out there and talk to every practice and every office and you know, and what ends up happening, and this was explained to me, uh, you know, I, I, some another dietitian had shared this with me, um, that if you look at a funnel, what dietitians sometimes try to do is when the funnel's up, you try to get a hold of all these physicians and everybody, and then you have a few clients that'll trickle down. Or you can flip it the other way, and you have mm -hmm. a couple physicians that you make really good relationships with, and all your clients flood down from them. And that's what's happened. I have a couple sports medicine docs that will send me people all the time. And that's about it. I mean, that's, you know, I don't have a whole lot of other physicians. Sure. I, have, I have, I have less than five docs that send me people, but it's a, it's a lot of people. It's consistent. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so I think that's kind of the other thing and, and, you know, find your niche depending on what it is. If it's diabetes, you know, get out to see those internal medicine docs. If it's GI, go talk to them. And, you know, I think they're more responsive when you're, specialized, I think a little bit, which is hard to do too, when you don't have anyone coming into your office. True. Like and you're willing you're like, to do I'll anything. I'll do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, teach you about anything you yeah. want to know. And it's also too, I mean, a, a practice, you have to, you have to learn your ups and flows. And I've been doing this for about four years, so I, I figured it out. But um, December's traditionally pretty quiet. Mm -hmm. um, January's bonkers. Mm -hmm. um, March is bonkers. September it, it's weird and like your summer months are a little bit slower you think oh I'm gonna be busy because nobody's in school people can get a chance to kind of focus on stuff but it it tends to be slow um and so you have to kind of prepare for that that you don't have a steady flow of income it it's it's feast or famine a lot mm -hmm. of times <laughs> well, and that's that's a good point to think about when you do a private practice. Yeah. And so, like, let's kind of just talk about your first year. Like, how did you feel about everything in your first year? Like, were you just – In practice? Yes. Were you just, like, completely overwhelmed? I mean um, – You're either overwhelmed or – you're either overwhelmed because there's so much to do or you're overwhelmed because there's nothing to do. To do. <laughs> Like, so what are the You're other? overwhelmed. <laughs> you're overwhelmed all you're the like, time. What am I doing? <laughs> this is not going to work. There's nobody here. Or what am I doing? I need an assistant. No, I don't because in a week I won't have anything to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's very, it, it, it has its ups and flows. And well, and like you said. You just have to accept that. Yeah. And like you said, like that first year, you know, you're in your fourth year, you've kind of got a system down. And you, yeah. It's all and working. And it's consistent. Yeah. So like. You know, there'll be days where I don't have anyone coming in, and now I'm like, okay, good, an admin day. And then, like, for an example, this week, I have somebody that I'm meeting at 6 o'clock on Friday night sure. because it's busy and people – and you know, you've got to – and that's part of practice, too, is you got to meet people with where they're at. I mean, it's not like every Friday night I'm seeing clients. No. <laughs> but, um, you know, you've got to – you got to be open to work at got to be open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's really no eight to five in a private practice, right? No. Nope. <laughs> nope. There sure isn't. Well, and when you're trying to make, you know, when you're trying to make your income, you do have to accommodate. Yeah. When you're trying to make your income, not only for that client, but for, you know, I rely on word of mouth. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, I have some um, search engine optimization that I do for my website and that kind of thing. But otherwise, it's word of mouth. So... And that's building the relationships again, yep. knowing your community, going out there and finding those people that exactly you can connect with on a yep. regular basis. Yep. And so, like, for you, like, what do you think is, you know, so, like, having a website and going out and seeing um, 
physicians and mm-hmm. making those community connections. Is there a few tips that you have for someone that maybe would be considering private practice of, yeah, you should have a website. Oh, you should do social media. Cause you know, there's so many things that you can do. And it's like, how do you narrow that down to really hone in and do a good job at a few things and not like a half yeah. ass job at yeah. like 10,000 things? Um, I think it depends on how you, your business plan, you know, how you really want to shape your practice. Are you a person that doesn't want to, I mean, I think social media is a must, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you have to flat out do that. It's depending on how you want to spend your time doing it, you know, or what avenues you want to take. Um, but I think it depends on the type of person you are. Um, I still think what makes the biggest impact is that you just face to face that personal go in and talk to them. And like when I went in to talk to the docs or whatever, and, and, you know, that's a small part of my practice, you know, as I don't rely on physician referrals by any means, but it's, Hey, can I stop in your office for five minutes? You know, or, um, with somebody is a self referral where they just found me online. Mm -hmm. I still send their, um, you know, if they're working with a trainer, if they're working with, um, you know, their, their doc, if they're working with a physical therapist or whatever, I still will send them a note and just say, Hey, look, I saw this patient. Um, thanks for being supportive, you know, and just get to, to keep getting another connection. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Let me know if you have any questions. That well, kind and of then thing. that physical therapist might be like, Oh yeah, they're Jen is a sports dietitian and she's working with my other clients. So they might be great for this client. Because um, what I've learned is I have a couple PTs that I actually, you know, work pretty closely with. Um, They they get nutrition questions all the time. Like, I have no idea. (laughs) I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess send them in. I don't know if I, you know, we'll see. But I can Google it. Yes. 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 but so I mean, they're everybody is getting nutrition questions, so sure they love to say go talk I to know Jen. someone that can help you with that. Yeah, and yes. you know, and it's a, it's the whole piece. And I have people that come in here too that you know they've been injured, and so they're they want to lean up a little bit. They're not happy with themselves. Well, I want them to get better physically so that they can go out and do their stuff. So if they need physical therapy, I want a good physical therapist sure. that I can send them to. Sure. You know, so it's kind of the same way because I want them to be successful and it usually takes a team. Absolutely. So that's a, that's a good message too. Cause no matter, even if you're in a private practice or if you're in a hospital, there's always that clinical medical team that you need yes. to be working with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you don't feel so isolated. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> right. Right. So do you see yourself doing private practice for the rest of your dietitian career? I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. You haven't thought that far. <laughs> no, I've always wanted to do it and I like doing it, so I kinda hope so. But yeah. I you know, I don't know what's gonna come up in the future with some of my other projects and stuff too. So mm-hmm. Which that's a great segue because I you have been I've just kind of been following a little bit about what's happening. And tell me about your new project that you're a part of. So um, this has been since probably last, in July, this past July. So about about six, nine months. Um, there was an, a, a local investor um, that was starting up um, what's called Nourish Mobile Grocery. And he wanted a dietitian on board, somebody that had some um, nutrition background, but also some uh, food policy background. And so what Nourish Mobile Grocery is, is it's a, um, it's essentially um, a service where uh, we go to food deserts in um, the metro. And we've kind of focused in on um, Des Moines right now, the city of Des Moines. And we'll deliver healthy groceries to people that are in these food deserts. And we also are um, SNAP approved or food stamp approved so we can take food stamps. And so that's kind of a new thing because what happens is when you have your um, EBT card, your food stamp card, um, you have to enter a PIN, you have to enter a four-digit PIN. And so you can't do that online. Now, Hy-Vee is starting um, a new project with USDA um, a pilot project where they're kind of starting to do that. And, and I don't know if you know. Too, that are doing yeah, that. yeah, like yeah. Amazon and yes. Walmart. And- yes, mm-hmm. some some of the bigger, uh, big big uh, grocery institutions. Um, but we have this mobile technology that we can already do that, 
And so, yeah, so we've got some healthy food that we can bring into these neighborhoods and they can use their card. Um, And then also as the dietitian, I have um, meal kits that I'm putting together for them. And so if you think of like a blue apron or plated Mm -hmm. for the SNAP community. So the meals that we're putting together are obviously more economical, but still nutritious. And it's like, here it is. It's in the box. Here you go. And you, you know where the bag, with it. And you have a recipe, and voila. That's so it's just, idea. yeah. And I mean, we, we target the, the SNAP community, but we take, you know, debit cards, obviously, as well, too, for, you so know, anyone, anyone in general. Utilize, yeah. Utilize that program. Yeah. And so I think there's just a gap because we know that, you know, people, it's, it's stressful to figure out what they're going to prepare, and especially when you're on more of a budget. Mm-hmm. Um Nourish Mobile Grocery tries to have more perishable items um, because, you know, we want to encourage, you know, our customers to use the food pantries when they can. Mm -hmm. But the food pantries are limited on what they have. And a lot of it is the canned food. Um, And, you know, it's hard for people to be mobile sometimes when there's one car for the family Mm -hmm. or there's just... Or no car. Or no car. Mm -hmm. And... um, you know, they're they're not on the easiest bus route and they have small kids and, you know, it makes it really hard. So we're trying to kind of bridge that gap and come into those areas and really help nourish them with good, healthy food and healthy food choices. That's I think it's awesome that um, they wanted a dietitian to be a part of that. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I know. Because yeah. they could have easily just said, no, nah, we don't, yeah, we don't just, need a dietitian component. Mm-hmm. But that's you're creating the meal kits and you're putting those things together and you do need expertise to do that. Yeah. And I think also, again, this is where it was just kind of a perfect blend of my past experiences because I had kind of the grocery background. Um, I, I understand a little bit about, you know, price points and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the public health background, you know, that is huge with something with a project like this, you have to have support from a lot of different, um, you know, initiatives, a lot of different um, government housing developments, and the bigger, you know, the bigger companies and businesses in the area. And um, like I said, all of the all of the government entities, you know, you got to kind of bring it all together, mm-hmm. and let them know. And so it does help to have that policy background. background. Mm-hmm. And how did you get your policy just with the with public health? With public yeah. health, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because I was I had just moved back. My husband and I had lived in Australia, and which oh, is really? a very great place for sports nutrition. <laughs> well, by that the way, fantastic. so I did a lot, did of, sports, you a lot of sports nutrition. In I did, yeah. I did. I mean, I couldn't practice as a dietitian there because of the licensing. Oh, sure. But you know, I could still work with people as a nutritionist. Gotcha. You know? And um. And so I came back, and I didn't have a job, and I thought oh, I'll apply for this. You know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I got it. Okay. You know, and I went into it. I was like, I don't know what this is. I've never done public health. I have no idea. Ended up loving it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. So it's just very interesting how you, and that's why when somebody says certain things like, are you going to have a private practice in the future or whatever? I was like, I don't know because because (laughs) you just never know. It's true. Well, you probably (laughs) didn't see this nourish mobile grocery grocery either coming your way either. I didn't, but I just, it it really kind of tugged at my heart a little bit, you know, when I heard about it and thought, you know what, this is perfect because it's, it, it brings that public health aspect back in. Um, that I'm passionate about and it has my nutrition expertise and then it has some grocery in it. And so all a blend of it. It's yeah. like a smoothie of there you Jen's go. life, <laughs> dietitian life all together. I love it. I love it. It's how's a nourished pro- smoothie. How's the program grow? Is it going well? We are. So we've got most of, um, things in check right now with just, um, kind of logistically how we want things to run. And so we're actually looking for our first full-time hire, for um, Nourish Mobile Grocery, we're looking for kind of a chief operating, chief of operations who can kind of run the day-to-day, you gotcha. know, operations of the of the of the project. Um, myself, obviously, and then um, there's three other investors, and you know, we all have full-time jobs yeah. and are busy, and so we want you know somebody that can really grab a hold of this, and and again has the has the work ethic, has the compassion, has all that pulled together that can go out there. And so we've, we, we're interviewing candidates right now and we've got some great people. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. So we, we're looking forward to, we, you know, we've, we've got this, a small customer base, um, 
but we're we're looking to really start to grow it. So this is infancy stages right now. We'll have to make sure that we put. Do you guys like have a website and like yep. some? So I'll yep. have to Nourish. put. I'll put some links to yeah, all your social media that would be great. and that kind of stuff, so other people can. Yeah, see and just follow and and like I said, we're we have some new things coming down the pipe. Hopefully this summer with some of the farmers market stuff going oh, on and yeah. whatever. So yeah, that's when everything kind of starts to get food rolling in Iowa. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that I never thought of Des Moines having food deserts. I know. Like, I think... Iowa I, in general is. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, think it's, about it that way. So thinking about, like, a small community like Des Moines, you know, there are a lot of people that don't have access to healthy, fresh food. Yeah. Um, the USDA has a map, and you can go on that website and type in your zip code. Or just type in any just Des Moines, Iowa, and it'll light up all the parts of the metro that are food deserts. Huh. So there's so probably any community in the United States you could probably do yes, that too. Absolutely. Sure. So um, anywhere that's low income and low access. So they don't they don't um, have the means to easily get the food and get healthy food. I mean they they rely on liquor stores and gas stations for food and it's we overpriced know what's in there. <laughs> and it's not the best. And no. so, you know, we also know that if you give these people access to healthy stuff, they'll eat it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean they just don't have an option. And you know, being a mom and having two little kids I mean, it's stressful when you're a mom the way it is to have to worry about whether you how you're going to get to the store. Um, you know, how are you going to feed your kids how are you going to figure out you know i mean when you have the resources it's hard enough mm-hmm. and then when you don't <laughs> and then when you don't that much harder yeah yeah, yeah. well i love so. the meal kit idea that's amazing i yeah. should i know <laughs> i probably need that because i'm horrible at meal planning well and, and we're looking at kind of eventually branching that out too to hang out at stop over at some spots in certain areas um you know by firestone or you know different factory settings or something where sure. we can catch people coming out on their shifts oh. you know and they can just get grab dinner and go home so you kind of have a mobile vehicle that is, yep. has the food in the vehicle so do people like can they pre-order things that they want yeah, if we, they're on the in the system or yeah and we ran through a lot of trouble with zoning with the city of des moines and so right now, that's what we're just doing is we're taking orders and then delivering. Okay. So uh, we unfortunately can't um, go, like, have a truck full of food and go park somewhere and have people come up and buy food, which sure. was our initial goal, which would be so awesome. But um, the zoning laws in Des Moines are very interesting. Hmm. And so, so you know, I would have never thought about zoning laws. You know, like, you probably have learned a lot of stuff just about... Laws yeah, unfortunately, and, I yeah, have learned a lot. Yeah, probably not what you wanted, but there wasn't any like right. sirens or anything like pulling you over when you're there. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't, but that's good. Well, that's good. Yeah, so that was okay, but yeah, but since we've learned, there's certain it's, it's certain there's a lot of hoops to jump through, and so it's going to take some time and maybe some changes. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to ebb and flow, just like your mm-hmm. private practice with something Very that's good. a new startup. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think I think that sounds amazing. It's going to be fun. It is. It has been fun. So, how did you? Did, did they reach out to you? Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. So, Simple. again, connections yeah. that you've made in the community. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. I want to like high five them for finding a dietitian. I know. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and I, and it was just one of those things that he reached out to me and kind of told me, um, what he was doing. I was like, yeah, I'll meet with you. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about so, it. So, yeah. And sounded great, and so I well, I will definitely put links, and I hope it's yeah, absolutely. Might have to do like a part two, and oh my gosh, they, that would be fun. Like follow up and see yes. how things have see progressed how, in what, like a year. Or something. Yes, that yeah. would be perfect. Yeah, that would be great. So, well, so do you as as a dietitian? You feel like you're living out your passion right now? Yeah, yeah that's and great. and I think that um, it's one of those things. Like, did I think that? I mean, I've always loved what I do, but it just sometimes takes a little bit of time to put it all together. You know, you to put your experiences together and do what you really want to do. And I like I like that because I feel like there's a lot of young dietitians that jump out of their internship and they just want, they think that they should find that perfect job right away. And it's, I think you have to fall into things kind of like you did. Oh, for sure. To figure and out And you don't get it like. at the time, but you just kind of have to trust that 
it'll happen, Mm -hmm. you know, and just get the most out of stuff and be open-minded because like I said, there's this, there's a lot of stuff that you might think that isn't for you, but you actually end up really liking, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. And your internship is such a small part, I think too. Like you can't base everything everything on that at all. Nope. So be, be open to, yep. And be open to, to, like I said, I mean, I, most of my positions, not most, some of my positions didn't need to be, they weren't dietitian. They weren't looking for a dietitian, Mm -hmm. you know, but I knew I was like, this is perfect. But I think being an RDN helped me get those positions. Sure. And I think that's what I'm trying to say a little bit too, is that yes, you can always fall back on traditional dietitian positions, but also go reach out for something that may not, if it's something you think you're going to enjoy and you're going to like, even though it's not a typical RDN job description, you go can for still it. apply. You can still apply. And they may be like, oh, wow. And then they'll realize, hey, we needed a dietitian all right. along. Because, right. Yeah. Because yep. of the expertise that you bring mm-hmm. and a lot of different things. Yep. That's really cool. Well, I have some fun questions for you. Oh, you answered okay. all these serious questions. So, no um, what is your favorite food? Oh, no. That just depends. <laughs> it depends on the day. It depends on the day. Um, yeah. Nothing I that really stands out. No, not really. And and but I am a type of person that'll get get in these kicks. So I guess like right now, and this is so boring, but like right now I'm into cottage cheese. So I'm just <laughs> I love cottage cheese. I do too. But <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I'm like a little kid, you know, like I'll eat something every day for you know for like oh, two, two weeks, weeks and, and then, then you're like move okay on. on to the next thing. Done. I always mix my cottage cheese with yogurt. Oh, I've never heard I've because never tried that. it just pumps up the protein. And yeah, then it just tastes like cottage it's a cheese. little different. People think oh, that's it's really a good weird. idea. Yeah, that's kind of like a quick meal for me if I don't have time to do things. that's perfect. See, there I'll try go. it. Well, cottage cheese because I've for been you. I haven't been doing much yogurt lately. I'm kind of off that kick. <laughs> See, but I think you do like you go you ebb and flow with your food. You do. I do too. You it's do. like okay, yogurt kind of. Mm, yeah. no. I'm yeah. off chicken right now. That's my thing. So. <laughs> See, I'm kind of. I'm on chicken. I'm kind of on that. Yep. <laughs> Just a random food right. schedule calendar. Right. right. Do you have a least favorite food? Like something that you don't really care for? You know, no, not really. Um, I just am starting to really dislike, um, really process like artificial s- things sweetened with artificial sweeteners I'm Mm kind of getting over that I just Mm -hmm. don't I don't know and I mean I know it's not healthy and and I just I honestly just I'm starting to just not like like it I think when you don't consume it you don't miss it yeah it does taste different I agree with you you don't really realize what it adds the flavor yeah food yeah until you're off and then you try it again you're like oh this is like like a weird chemical taste it doesn't taste like real food (laughs) that's true yeah that's very yeah do you have a favorite drink um well, lattes are always on my desk. <laughs> got, she's got one in hand as a. As I we trade see. off between almond milk and skim milk. Do you? So, yeah. Yeah. Skim milk, yeah. I don't know. It makes, I feel like it makes a really good latte. Yeah. I don't know if it's. Oh, it does. It but does. I got to trade off. Yeah. You know, it ebbs and flows, right? It ebbs and flows. <laughs> like an almond milk this week. Today it's, today it's almond, yes. <laughs> Do you have a least favorite drink? Again, I think. It's just, you know, some of those, like, artificially sweetened, like, waters and stuff. And there's a lot I of those on the market do right not now. Yeah. Care for those. Do you ever find that some of your clients are like, I drink water. It's like, oh, okay. But I drink those flavored, they don't, there's no calories. And I'm just like. I, no, it's not water. It's really not. <laughs> it's really not a good idea. There's just, yeah. And I think that with them being so popular now, there's just, that's what people so are. So many different kinds. Absolutely. And, and it's just all of them. You know, I don't care what kind of sweetener it is. It's not a real one. Mm-hmm. And it's equally bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I've had that happen like five times this week. I drink water. Like, oh, you do. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Yep. You got to be, you, you got to learn to ask the right questions. You do. Right? That's that motivation. So how much plain water do you drink? Yeah. You know, it's not how much water do you drink? Yes. It's that plain. <laughs> like you got to have a Brita filter or a tap. What right. Do you drink? How many, right. <laughs> right. Do you have a favorite smell? You know, again, I, I think... 
You know, what comes to mind is, you know, I like a fresh, clean smell. So, you know, whether it's a candle that I have or dryer sheet smell or just being outside mm-hmm. now that it's starting to get nice oh, out. Oh, it's the smell of spring. Yeah. Or even the smell of fall. Yeah. I like the smell, like the of, smell of, fall. of fall too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just anything that's kind of fresh and clean. Yeah. Any least favorite smells? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> a lot. You're like, I have kids. I, I, yeah, right. Right, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't Can't know. Can't narrow those down. Yeah. What brings you joy in your life? My family. Your family. Yeah, my husband and my kids, definitely. Yeah. And how old are your kids again? Um, They are four and five. Oh, my gosh. So, you yeah, almost busy. five and six, so. They'll almost both be in school, like, full-time, right? Right. Yeah. My son, we'll have my son, he's a July birthday, oh, so we'll okay. wait with him. Sure. Not that he's not ready, but, uh, you know, Why not I mean, wait? I am going to copy what everyone does on this and be like, you know what? <gasps> Nobody else sends our kid. I'm not going to either yeah, because exactly. I don't want him to be struggling. He's, he's not exactly, he's he's kind of small anyway. Gotcha. So, so he'll I think be it'll, it'll be good to just kind of He'll just be the bit. cool kid in class that's, you know. <laughs> 18 when everybody else is 17. <laughs> exactly. I was an August birthday, okay. and my parents sent me, so oh, I did. don't like to be the youngest. I think that's part of it, too. I have a complex. Yeah, that could, it probably is. <laughs> no, I really think it is. It's like, I was last to get everything, so I'm not making my kid do that. Well, thank you so much for yeah. taking time out of your day, and we're in her office today, which is absolutely adorable, and Aww. I'm so happy that everything is going so great in your life. And Thank you. I'm glad that you came to see me. Yeah, we'll have a been part a while. two. We'll do a part two. Yes, absolutely. definitely. Perfect. I think it's absolutely great to know registered dietitians who own their own practice, because I think many of us have considered opening our own practice. As Jen said, sometimes it does get lonely because you don't have that support of other registered dietitians, but that's why it's important to build those connections within your community. Jen's passion is absolutely contagious because during our conversation, you could see her eyes light up when she talked about owning her own practice and also this new adventure that she's consulting with. That's exactly what all of us should feel like in our jobs, and I hope that you find some inspiration from Jen. Jolly Time Healthy Pop is available in a variety of flavors and sizes, which are all low on fat and high on deliciousness. Did you know that just three cups of Jolly Time Healthy Pop popcorn equal one whole grain serving? Jolly Time is family owned and located in Sioux City, Iowa. And if you want to learn more, visit jollytime.com where you can also print off high value money saving coupons. I hope you head over to AnnaElizabethRD.com, where my book, I'm Registered Dietitian Now What, is available. You can also read my weekly blog, Wisdom Wednesday, and you can find all the show notes and links to things that Jen and I talked about on my website. I would love for you to connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AnnaElizabethRD. And as we end today, I hope you remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.